Hello, it's Tyson Sharp here, and what you're about to learn are the six steps for self-bonding so that you can manifest and achieve your business goals. So let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to the Awaken Your Business podcast. My name's Tyson Sharp, and if it's also your mission to heighten consciousness, yes, you are a light worker. And it's in this podcast where you execute that heart's mission by integrating your spiritual and business growth. This is what I call stepping into the role of the heart-centered CEO. This is the version of you who knows the numbers, you know how to grow an audience, you know how to create more impact and more income. But every business strategy is done through the filter of love, compassion, consciousness, and contribution. So when you're ready, take a deep breath, and I'll see you on the inside. Hello, my online family. Welcome back to another episode of the Awaken Your Business podcast. And if you're here, this episode is perfectly for you. If at some level you feel some sort of confusion, you feel stuck, you feel frustrated, maybe you have this inner critic that always beats you down, or maybe you're simply listening to this and you're just open. You are now just open to higher levels of love, compassion, guidance. This is the episode for you. And here's why. It was been, it was a few uh, a couple months ago. I was watching a documentary and a and an interview on Gaia, and this lady Margaret Paul, who is my guest today, was being interviewed around this topic of self love and what she describes as inner bonding, and so many things resonated with me. I thought, you know what, I have to reach out, have to send her an email, and connect, and so I did, and lo and behold. We got on a Zoom call and she agreed to be on the podcast. And not only is she so well-versed in her knowledge, but she's had 50 years experience in teaching everything from self-love, inner bonding, everything like that. I'll read, I'll read her bio because it's so, so impressive. Um, but she is a best-selling author and a popular Mind Body Green writer, co-creator of the powerful inner bonding and self-healing process and she's appeared on numerous radio and television shows yes that includes oprah she's got 10 books out and she's got two that are going to be released in uh, 2021 and she's just an incredible person to talk about her experience in psychology and coupling that with spirituality and so i thought she'd be the perfect guest to be to be on here to walk you through the six steps that she walks all her clients through so that you can develop a deep inner bond and also gain access to your higher guidance. If that's not, if that isn't one of the highest priorities on your business journey, I don't know what is. Because if you can access this higher guidance and access it from a, diff, uh, a higher frequency, that's all you need to be connected to. Everything else flows because of it. So Margaret goes into a bit of her story and how she got into all this, but I want you to truly just take in her level of experience, her level of knowledge and the passion she has to truly educate people around this topic. I knew this would be an amazing interview, which was so in-depth, so practical, and yet it's so simple, just completely so simple. So I'm going to leave that with you. I want you to all think about after this interview, jumping on innerbonding.com because there's so many resources, so many tools, so many videos and blogs and things you can just read. You can have a free assessment along with a free seven-day course 
there's just a bunch of things you can do and a bunch of resources to help you get on the step to inner bonding. But I know you're going to love this interview and I'm just super, super pumped I was able to do this and super grateful. So without further ado, here is Margaret. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Awaken Your Business podcast. I'm excited about this one. And the reason being is because when everyone comes to me, they generally come to me because of their self-worth. They're like, I know I'm attached to external circumstances and results being on the entrepreneurial journey. And that's why I love to invite Margaret here because her over 50 years of just diving deep on everything in terms of inner love and inner healing I mean, this is just the true work to get to the root cause of all the pain, the frustrations, the fears, everything like that. So you can connect to a higher part of yourself. And we're all about divine guidance here. We're all about following your heart and getting on the path that is to what you're here to contribute. And so I'd love to welcome you guys to introduce Margaret Paul here. And we're going to dive in deep into everything in terms of self inner healing and inner bonding, everything like that, what it applies on the business world. So Margaret, thank you so much for being here. It's an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to this time with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So why don't you give everyone a good indication on your background? How did you dive in deep into all this in terms of self healing and, and inner bonding? Well, like so many people, I came from a dysfunctional family. My parents were both narcissists and I was an only kid and really, really unhappy. I was kind of a wreck by the time I was five. My mother took me to a psychiatrist and he was so bad that I decided at five that I could do a better job than him. (laughs) And that's when I decided to do what I'm doing. I decided at five years old. And, um, and so we, I, I, I went to school and, um, and, and did traditional psychotherapy for 17 years, wasn't happy with the results, had a ton of my own therapy, wasn't happy with the results, didn't resolve the anxiety and the depression and all the stuff that was going on with me. And, and I, was, I had been trained to be a caretaker, taking care of my parents and my husband and my kids and my clients. And until I was really sick and I had to do something different. I had to, I had to, I had to find a way to be happy and joyful and not anxious. And that's when I started to pray for a process after 17 years of traditional work as a, as a, as a traditional psychotherapist. And that's when I met the co-creator, Dr. Erica Chopich of Inner Bonding, we each had half the process and we put it together 36 years ago with the help of our higher guidance. And that just was completely life-changing for me and for my clients. And, uh, and that process has been evolving now for a long time. And it is such a powerful process right now. So I'm looking forward to sharing it with you. Awesome. Beautiful. And looking back, do you feel it's all, divine timing do you feel everything's happening for a reason that's leading you to this path being 17 years on the journey and not being happy and and realizing where the gaps are in traditional psychology do you think all that sort of guided you to this place yeah i mean i i started to realize that first of all nobody not one single therapist that i saw um said anything to me about taking responsibility for my feelings loving myself none of that, nor did they ever say anything 
about learning to connect with a higher source of love and wisdom. And after a while, I started to see that without that, there's no true healing. Um, you, you know, we don't have any access to truth if we can't access our, our higher mind because our limited ego mind just doesn't know anything. So when, you know, when we're going from our ego, we get real stuck and we make wrong decisions. But when we learn to connect to our higher mind, then, then we're guided to do what's loving to us and in our highest good. So I never got any of that from traditional psychotherapy. Mm. What were your thoughts when you, when you, especially when you got into psychotherapy and you're learning it all yourself, were you, were you helping people guide and guide them through, you know, their struggles and, and creating transformations? We, did you always sort of know that there was something missing, that there was something that was yet to be explored? What, what was that experience like for you? Well, I, I, I did know because I was frustrated. I mean, I was, I was still having a lot of problems. I was having problems in my relationship. Um, and it, you know, it seemed like, my, my clients would come to me and it would go all right, but then they had to keep coming and keep coming. It's like they didn't know how, how, to, how to do it within themselves. And I didn't think that was a very good idea. I thought that, you know, we should learn how to, what to do for ourselves so we don't always have to look to somebody else. And this is what inner bonding gives us. It gives us a, an amazing tool to self-heal. And, and that's one of the things I'm so excited about is because so many of my clients, they just soar within a very short period of time that they start to practice inner bonding. That's very gratifying to me. I can imagine. I can imagine. Because I, I, since your work has impacted so many lives, I can only imagine what you're feeling and just realizing that this is spirit coming through you in the form of this framework. Um, right. Was there a particular moment when you started realizing, okay, there's a combination of responsibility and higher guidance? Was there a moment in time when you just realized that that was missing or was it sort of like a gradual exposure to that type of work? You know, it, it, was, it was over quite a short period of time. I didn't really, I mean, I knew I had to take personal responsibility, but I had no idea how. I believed I had to connect that I had to connect with a higher source of guidance, but I had no idea how. And so when Spirit brought Erica and I together and then brought in all this information, that's when I learned how. You know, so many people, they'll say, well, I know I have to love myself, but I have no idea how. Where are the role models? Who do we see loving themselves? Who do we see who's able to have at-will divine connection, which I have at this point? I can tap into that source anytime I want. I wanted that for so long. And I, I, I had a guru and I meditated and I listened to tapes about accessing spirit. None of it did what I learned to do with inner bonding and what I teach other people to do now. And that's what's so life-changing. I love it. I love it. And especially on the entrepreneurial journey, because so many people are following their heart and they realize, okay, self-love is important, right? And it's almost like this term that is sort of a little bit wishy-washy for a lot of people, but they realize right. the importance of it. And, I, and that's why I love the work that you're doing, just to put some practical steps to right. helping people do this where they can, they can see and feel the transformation and they know the steps to go to um, once they start taking responsibility and once they start doing that. But I think right. I want to, 
first of all, tap into what is, what is it about who and what we are that's really stopping us achieving this higher guidance and this inner bonding. Um, I know, I know you, you love talking about all, all the ways in which people can cut themselves off from that sort of source. Uh, what are the way, what are the obstacles that we're currently facing? What are the challenges that are predominant in the, uh, in the entrepreneurial world, especially? Well, I, I've, I've isolated two major things that people do that they need to do very differently in order to have that access. One is that our food system has become very, very contaminated. Um, accessing our higher source is about frequency. And so um, when we're eating clean, organic, not factory farm, not sugar, not processed, our body goes into a much higher frequency, goes into more energy, more health, more well-being. And that high frequency of our body helps us keep our frequency high enough to access our higher guidance. Now, the one really important thing is our intention. And in inner bonding, there's only two intentions. One is the intention to control, to have control over getting what we want, to control people, how they feel about us, to control outcomes. This is what our ego, what we call the wounded self, has been trained to do, to control in so many ways, to control our feelings, to not feel our feelings. Whereas as soon as our intention is to control, our frequency tanks really low. We cannot access that love and that wisdom that we need in work and relationships everywhere when, we're, uh, when our intention is to control. So the other intention is the intention to learn, to learn primarily about loving yourself, loving others, to learn what's in your highest good and the highest good of all. So this is, this is magical. When, when we shift from the intention to control, which is the default setting, I mean, this is what we learn. That's what I learned from my parents. They were controlling. They controlled with their anger and their compliance and their resistance and I mean, all sorts of ways, their blame. And, and so when we shift from out of, out of that intention into learning, into learning about what's true, learning about what's loving to ourselves and others, that's when our frequency raises high enough to access that wisdom. And it's very magical for people. Once they learn to do that, once they're eating well, and they open to learning on a conscious level, they start to receive the kind of information that they need to make good decisions, whether it's decisions about work, whether it's decisions about their life, um, to just know what's in their highest good. We all need to know that in order to live a productive, joyful life. And people who are entrepreneurial certainly need to know what to do, what's in their highest good, what choices to make. You can't make them from that ego wounded self. You can't make choices that are in your highest good from that place. Yeah, totally. I believe we, you know, we used to, and it did serve us at some level, but right now, I mean, if, especially if you're running a, a business and you're looking to grow, the, the high-level guidance needs to flow through. And, and like you're explaining, it needs to come through at, at a level of frequency that allows it to flow through. And any, anyone that's listening or watching you can feel the energy and the enthusiasm and the passion that comes through you. So no doubt people are like, I want, I want more of that, you know? And so they're, you're definitely living it, which is what I love. And one thing, one thing that 
I, I love when, I, when I'm watching, you know, documentaries with your work and everything like that, you really start to talk about the ways in which we abandon ourselves. And I love that topic because often it can go unconscious on how we're avoiding any sort of feeling and responsibility and all those different things. Why don't you talk to the ways in which people really do abandon themselves these days so we become more and more conscious of it? Yeah. So, so one of the things that, that you said a minute ago is that um, we, we learned these ways of protecting and controlling when we were young because that was part of our survival. So, you know, we needed to try and control as we were growing up. We needed to avoid our feelings because they were, they were big and, and, and painful for a lot of people and, and we couldn't manage them. So they were part of our survival. We don't want to judge ourselves, but now they're not serving us. So I've isolated four major ways that we abandon ourselves. One is that we learn to stay up in our head, to be focused in our mind rather than in our body because our body has our feelings. And when there were big feelings, like we felt just overwhelmingly lonely or, or we lost people we love, we were in grief, we were heartbroken, or we felt so helpless over how others were treating us or each other or others, these are really hard feelings to feel. And so we learn to go up in our head to not feel them. But that's just like, you know, if you have a child who, who comes to you upset and you're just off on your computer or you're reading your book and you don't pay any attention, that child feels rejected, feels abandoned. And that's what happens on the inner level because our feelings, if we think of our feelings like an inner child, then it, it kind of clues us into the fact that we have to take responsibility for our feelings, for that inner child, our soul, that's our soul. We need to take responsibility. So when we're staying up in our head, we're ignoring our feelings. And so we end up feeling alone inside. We end up feeling abandoned inside. And then we think it has to come from somebody else, but it's, we're the ones who are abandoning ourselves. Another way we do it is then we, we judge ourselves. Most of us were, were harshly judged. I certainly was harshly judged as I was growing up. And we, we integrate that into that ego part of us. And then we judge ourselves. And again, just like if you're judging a child, oh, you're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. You're a jerk. How could you have said that? What's wrong with you? You better do it right. You better not make a mistake. You can't fail. I mean, this is like immobilizing. This is terrorizing. Creates anxiety, creates depression, creates shame, creates anger on the inner level. And then we think all those feelings are coming from outside, but they're coming from our self-judgment, from that programmed ego part of us. And so, of course, again, we feel very badly inside. A third way is we numb out our feelings with so many addictions. We've learned to shove our feelings down with food, sugar, processed food, with alcohol and drugs and, and, and television and video games and social media and overwork and, and, and pornography and, and trying to have sex and, and, and using other people in various ways. There's so many ways that we avoid our feelings with many, many addictions. And the fourth way is that we make other people responsible. And of course, this greatly affects our relationships, both our primary relationships with a partner, with family, with kids, and at work. 
because when we're making other people responsible for how we feel, that they have to approve of us, for us to be okay, then we have to try and control them. And people don't like to be controlled. And so what happens when we try and control them is that they generally go into resistance. And I work with a lot of people in their business relationships where they're confused as to why their employees are not really doing their work. And it's because they go into resistance. They don't want to be controlled. But when we make other people responsible, as soon as we do that, then we have to try and control them in order to get them to like us and approve of us and make us okay. We're making them responsible for defining our worth. And then we have to control them. So these are four major ways that we abandon ourselves. And this causes anxiety, depression, guilt, shame, anger, aloneness, emptiness, jealousy, envy, so many painful problems our self-abandonment causes. Wow. As you're talking, I'm like, I feel like just getting my, my pen and paper and just start taking a lot of notes just because I'm like, I love this stuff. It's so valuable just to, to know, just to realize what we're doing to ourselves to avoid that in a bonding process. And one thing that you touched on that I think is so prevalent in the, my clients and the, the people in, in the serving circle, which is the, the online community that I run, is that self-judgment, that real harsh self-judgment that can often go unconscious. They think it's just, this is just who I am, right. but they beat themselves up time and time again when they make a mistake, when they get something wrong, when they don't make that sale or their revenue is going down or their social media profiles aren't growing the way they think it should. You know, they, they beat themselves up and think something's wrong. Right. And, and it's, it's, it's this harsh feeling that it's, it's sort of like, it feels innate. It feels like this is who and what I am. It's just the way in which I beat myself up. And so before we go into the, the steps, I know you, you've, I know that you love walking people through the steps of inner bonding. I want to do it in a little bit of a different way. Um, as we walk through the steps, would you be able to, uh, would you be able to apply it to someone who's on the journey who's taking some steps to follow their, their highest guidance. They're, they're on their heart's journey of sharing their gifts with the world, but the life isn't really f- panning out the way their mind thinks it should. Right. And they feel this frustration. They feel this, this, this inner anger, right. And this stress that things aren't panning the way it should. Right. What are the, what are the steps that people can walk through to start developing inner bonding within themselves faced with that sort of external scenario. Okay. Well, let, let's, let's make up a name. What, what should we call this person who's frustrated and angry and stressed? Let's call, let's call this person Tiffany. Okay. Tiffany. Okay. So if I were working with Tiffany, the first thing that I would say is Tiffany, I'd like you to take some deep breaths, just take some deep breaths and Put your mind on your breath as it takes you inside your body. Move out of your head and move into your body. And as you breathe, scan your body and notice any physical sensations. So that is actually a major part of step one is breathing in. So, so Tiffany might say if she's feeling frustrated or stressed, she's, oh, my stomach's tight or my heart's beating fast or 
uh, my shoulders are, are tight. So she might say things like that is what people often say when they're in stress. So then I say, okay, Tiffany, breathe into that. Breathe into the tightness. Breathe into the knot in your stomach. Breathe into your, breathe into your tight shoulders. Breathe into your overly beating heart and get present. Move towards the feelings. So often people, they, they want to avoid the feelings. Move towards them. This is not about getting rid of your feelings. This is about learning from them. So breathe in and get present and make a decision, a conscious decision that you want responsibility for these feelings. So Tiffany has to decide, okay, at least for now, for the next you know, period of time, 15 minutes, whatever it's gonna be, she's willing to accept responsibility. That's step one, we get present and we want responsibility for what we're feeling. So then I say, okay, Tiffany, now, now breathe into your heart in step two, get present in your heart and make a conscious decision to open to learning about what's loving to you. We have to start with ourselves before we can share love with others. So make a conscious decision to open to learning. And then I would ask Tiffany, do you have any kind of spiritual connection? And lots of times people say, well, yeah, I, you know, I believe in the universe or I believe in a light or I believe in God. What I would say to Tiffany is, Tiffany, I want you to imagine an older, wiser part of you, like you 200 years from now, very wise, very loving, very powerful. Just use your imagination. And Tiffany will say, okay, she, she can, most people can imagine an older, wiser part of them. And I say, okay, now I want you to invite the love and compassion of that older, wiser part of you into your heart simply by saying, I invite your love and compassion into my heart and breathe that in. So step two is about creating what we call the loving adult. And the loving adult is who we are when we're open to learning about loving ourselves and we're connected with a higher source of love and compassion. So now I say, okay, Tiffany, now I want you to tune back into that knot in your stomach and that tightness in your shoulders and your heart. And I want you to ask, that's your inner child giving you information. Those feelings have information for you. So I want you to ask that inner child, what am I telling you? How am I treating you? What am I doing or not doing that's causing you to feel all this tension, all this stress and, and anger and frustration? And so Tiffany asked the question these questions. And then I say, okay, now go inside and let the answer come from the feelings, from the tension, not from your mind. So Tiffany breathes inside and, and maybe she can get information. Sometimes that inner part of us doesn't trust us to even give us information, uh, give us information. And we have to work on developing the loving adult. But let's say that Tiffany's inner child is ready to talk to her and she'll say, well, you, you just, you're judging me. You're putting all this pressure on me. How do you expect me to feel? You're telling me I have to be perfect. You're telling me I don't do anything right. You're telling me I'm not allowed to make mistakes. You're not giving me any freedom to fail. I'm a human. Of course, I'm going to make mistakes. All you do is judge me and put pressure on me. How do you expect me? I'm, I'm so angry at you. I, I need you to be here with me. I need you to take the pressure off of me. I'm, I'm, I'm this creative part of you. 
I'm the best part of you. I'm who you really are. You're not that, that part that's judging. I'm your soul. And you don't even know I'm here. You, you ignore me. You judge me. You're not loving to me at all. And so, of course, I'm stressed. Of course, I'm tense. Of course, I can't be productive. Of course, I procrastinate. You see, this is what's going on inside by our ignoring our feelings and judging ourselves. So, so once Tiffany gets um, an experience of how she's treating herself, then I say, okay, now go a little deeper. Go into that wounded part of you, that ego wounded part. How old do you think that part of you is that's judging you and putting all this pressure on you? And she might say, well, I think I'm about six. And I'd say, well, what's happening? What was happening at six? Well, you know, it's, it's when I was like in the first grade and, and, and my parents were so concerned with my grades and, and, and even if I got a B, it was supposed to be an A and there was so much pressure. So, I mean, I'm just making this up, of course, but this is what happens a lot with people. And I say, so there's a six-year-old in charge of your life, putting all this pressure on you, judging you. You really want a six-year-old or a 10-year-old or an adolescent, that wounded part of us can be many different ages depending upon when we absorbed a false belief or a particular addiction. So do we really want that young part of us in charge of our life? Because that's what's happening. And so then once Tiffany understands what she's doing, why she feels this way, and where she got these false beliefs that the only way, well, okay, there's a little bit more. I'm going to say to her, okay, now I want you to ask that six-year-old, what does she believe about judging you? What does she believe about putting all this pressure on you? And she'll go inside and say, well, I, I have to pressure myself. It's the only way I'll be productive. If I don't judge myself, I'll just sit in the couch and do nothing. That's what's called false beliefs because none of that is true. The wounded self makes this up. If you look at any little kid, they don't just sit on the couch and do nothing. They're highly motivated to learn, to grow, to be productive. And that's what happens when we learn to love ourselves. We're highly motivated. We don't have to motivate ourselves through fear. So, so Tiffany needs to become aware that she's operating from these false beliefs that are actually really limiting her. Once she becomes aware of all this, then we go to step four. And step four is we again open to the, our, our higher guidance. And we're asking two questions. One is, what's the truth about any of these beliefs that I've uncovered and what's loving to me? So I asked Tiffany again to imagine her older, wiser self and to ask these questions. So Tiffany says, well, is it true that I have to judge myself to get myself to, to perform right? And if she opens, she's gonna start to access information that says, no, in fact, it's limiting you. In fact, you're a highly motiva motivated person. You always have been. You love to create. You love to be productive, but you're squashing yourself with all of this judgment and, and, and not letting yourself make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. And so she's starting to get uh, an understanding that the way she's treating herself just isn't working for her. And then she might say, okay, now what would be loving to me? Now this is a creative process because it, it's not like there's one answer 
to every situation. It's different in every situation. And what I usually uh, ask people and what I'll say to Tiffany is, I want you to ask your higher guidance, what's the very first thing you need to do so that that little girl in you starts to feel safer and, and, and um, more productive, more loved by you. And very often, it's just to maybe hold oneself. But lots of times, it's to notice things like self-judgments. This is what it was for me, because I was extremely judgmental of myself. And it caused me an enormous amount of anxiety. And so one of the things that came through is just notice your self-judgments and notice how it makes you feel. So that's what I started to do. I started to notice and, and, to, and to notice the judgments without judging myself for judging myself. And so I started to notice that. And I started to notice how anxious and tense it made me feel. And it took a while because this was deeply ingrained. I grew up with that. And so it was deeply ingrained to judge myself. But after a while, suddenly I stopped judging myself. That was years ago. I just don't judge myself anymore. And I'm a highly productive person. I don't need judgments to, to do what I really want to do, what I love to do, what brings me joy. But it took time to practice. So that's what I would suggest to Tiffany. Notice your self-judgments without judging yourself for judging yourself. And notice how it makes you feel. So then step five is doing it. So Tiffany would have to start to practice. She'd have to start to practice noticing her self-judgments and, and practice being kinder to herself. Practice bringing compassion in. And then step six is to tune into how we feel when we're taking better care of ourselves, when we're taking loving action for ourselves, when we're treating ourselves with more kindness and compassion. How do we actually feel? And what happens is that people feel, generally they feel relief. They may feel some stress because sometimes the loving action may be something like stop smoking. Well, that doesn't necessarily feel good in the moment. It feels good in the long run, but not necessarily in the, in the short run. But in step six, what we're looking at is what feels right. Not necessarily what feels good, but what feels right. And loving action feels right. So that's very briefly the six steps. As people practice them, they get better and better at them until they're an integral part of their life, until they're naturally doing that. The minute they feel anything other than peace inside, that's what I do now. I'm inside. I'm inside right now. I know exactly what's going on inside my body right now. And anything less than peace I will notice. I will notice what I'm doing. I will notice what's happening between me and another person. I will, I will be aware of anything that's happening externally and internally so I can attend to it. No doubt. That's why you get so much guidance, so much uh, higher wisdom from right. what you would describe as you know, that loving adult. So I wrote down here before I, I've got a, plenty of questions on that, but before that, I, I thought I'd summarize just with the, the, the steps for people to take. So there's six, one, get present with your feelings and take, actually take responsibility. Two is move into the heart and be open to learning, right? Three is really having that inner dialogue with that, that inner child, get that conversation going. Four 
is all about the higher guidance. You can ask those two questions around, um, around what, what is true and what is loving. And then five can often be the most difficult one. That's just to do it, right? Do it, practice right. self-care, practice being more self-compassionate. And then six is really right. tuning in and seeing how you feel through the whole thing. Exactly. You got it. Awesome. Beautiful. You got it, Tyson. And, and of course, these steps are on our website at innerbonding.com. So yes, of they course. can find them there. No doubt. Everyone's going to go there. Trust me. Uh, it's, that's, uh, I've been on the site. I've been going through a lot of the different things and it's very, very beneficial. But one thing I want to ask, uh, as we go through this, this sort of example with Tiffany, what can people expect in terms of, is there any particular time frame? Is there any particular, um, you know, process they go through that would allow them to, you know, that, what, what can they really expect? Does, can they create this shift in 30 minutes, 60 minutes? Does it take three years? What, what, what sort of thing can they expect when they go do these process, when they go through this process? You know, think of it like, um, like a crying baby. When you pick up a crying baby and you meet the baby's needs, you change the diaper, you feed the baby, you cuddle the baby, you rock the baby, the baby feels better, right? Well, that's what happens on the inner level. We can get almost instant relief when we do inner bonding, but, what happens with a lot of people is that they start to do it. They do it for a week. They do it for two weeks. They feel so great. They think they're done. And then a few days later, they feel down again and, and they wonder why. Well, I mean, like if you have a baby, you don't think you're just a parent for the baby for two weeks, you know, you, you, and, and, and it's not just here and there it's 24 seven. And so, um, you know, it depends on how devoted people are to learning to stay present in step one. If they learn to stay present in their body, if they learn to attend to their feelings and, 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 and practice these steps, anything worth learning takes practice, their life will change very rapidly. This does not take years. It takes years to get like really excellent. And I mean, I'm still practicing. I've been doing it for 36 years. I will practice my whole life because it works. And so I don't think we're ever done. Like, like somebody wants to be a concert violinist. They don't just practice for a couple of weeks. They practice their whole life. They continue to practice something that they love and that brings them joy. And that's what I hope people will do here. But they, they will experience relief very quickly if they're really starting to take loving care of themselves. Wow. I've noticed that as well. Definitely when, if I'm coaching someone or they're, or they're some fears, doubts, frustrations coming up, just taking 30 seconds, as you say, to breathe with it and, and hold the loving safe space for it offers this huge release. I mean, on the other side, like you say, with the other steps, you can access higher guidance. You can access a deep inner wisdom. You can take other, you can make decisions from that place, but even just holding the space for what's coming up is, is such a huge step. And it offers a, it offers a big release for them, for people to just develop a different relationship with themselves, develop a different relationship with those emotions that are coming up. Um, my question would be, did you go through this for the first time, at, you know, in any particular moment where you just walked through these steps for the first time and, and what was it like for you to put these steps, put these steps together and, and have them harmonize in this way? 
Well, it was, it was a gradual process. It, it wasn't just all of a sudden. It was, a, it was a gradual learning process of putting these steps together. And for me, it was also mostly a gradual process of feeling better, but there was actually a moment in time that was so life-changing for me where um, I, here I was, I was, I, I was married, I had kids, but I was sick, I was miserable. I was so self-abandoning, I was such a caretaker. And I did an inner bonding process where I realized my little girl inside was so angry with me. And I, so I gave her permission, I said, okay, let me have it, be angry. And wow, she let me have it. She says, you know, you're so loving to everybody else. And what about me? And when is it my time? And you don't know I'm here. And all you do is ignore me. And all you do is judge me. And it was really, I mean, way louder than that. <laughs> and I, I heard, I heard what my soul was saying to me. And I made two very life-changing decisions at that point because I, I was so scared. I was so scared to take care of myself when you're a caretaker and you're taking care of everybody else, it's very scary to take care of yourself because I was so scared that the people who said they loved me really didn't, that they only loved me because of how I love them, but they didn't actually love me and they wouldn't support me in taking care of myself. And I was scared of, of just getting so hurt by it. So I made two life-changing decisions and one was I was willing to be hurt because I had been hurt a lot and I wasn't dead and I wasn't crazy. I could survive it. So I felt I was ready. I could handle being hurt. I wasn't going to avoid it anymore. And two, I was willing to lose everybody else, but I was no longer willing to lose me. That was a huge decision. And that was the day that I made those decisions. That day that I let that inner child yell at me, and, 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 and at that time, like I said, I was sick. And she said to me, how sick do I have to make you before you listen to me? Do I have to make you so sick that we're gonna die? I mean, I, that's how sick I was. And I hurt and I realized I, I, have to, I have to listen. I have to make these choices or I'm gonna die. And I realized I'm, I'm not willing. I, that, I was not ready for that. And so, making the decision that I was willing to lose everybody, but I wasn't willing to lose me anymore. And that I, I, I would gonna be open to being hurt because if you're not open to being hurt, you're gonna control, you're gonna protect, you're gonna avoid your feelings. What did, what did you feel then? When you, when you made the decision, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to allow myself to be hurt and I'm willing to let everyone go and lose everyone, but not myself. Was that scary? Was it loving? Was it kind? Was what, what were you feeling? It was when all of that. It was Everything. all of that. It was scary, but it was it was like a freedom. Mm. It 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 freed me, and I started to heal. I started to heal emotionally and physically right away. As soon as I made those choices, my my energy came back. My creativity came back. My aliveness came back, even though everything I was afraid of happened mm. because everybody was mad at me. My, I lost my marriage of 30 years. My children were mad at me. My parents actually disowned me. So everything I was afraid of happened and it was very painful, but I got me. Mm. I got my aliveness. I got my power. I got my freedom. I got, I, 
I became who I meant to be on the planet. And I felt joy for the very first time in my entire life. Wow. So I cannot say it was easy. It wasn't. It was hard. It was hard to find out that everybody who said they loved me actually didn't. My, uh, two of my three kids I now have a very good relationship with. One of them is still a problem. But um, uh, new people came in to my life, people who supported me, people who really do want me to be all that I can be. And I have a wonderful community now of people. And I live, I live with uh, the woman who is my uh, co-creator. We're golden girls. I mean, we're both, we're both older and living as golden girls is a very fun way to live as you get older. Because at, at the age when I um, ended, when my marriage ended, it's not so easy to find, for me, it wasn't so easy to find men who were on a spiritual path and who had, had, had done all the work that I did. So um, I'm, I'm real happy. I live on this 35 acre ranch with horses and my golden girl friend, and we have a great time. We laugh like crazy and um, it's a wonderful way to live. So for me, um, I, I mean, even though it was so hard, I would do the same thing again. Wow. I want to honor you for that. Cause that's not, it's not an easy decision, but I think that's the exact reason why you're giving so much to the world. Now you're giving your divine gifts and things are flowing through right now that are just adding so much contribution and it's what's needed. And I love the, I love part of the story where it's like you made the decision and then everything you feared happened. Yeah. And it's almost like, life showing you like when you make the decision, like I'm willing to find out who and what I really am. And then life says, okay, you got it. Let's, <laughs> let's see if you mean it. Right? right. Let's see if you mean it. And not only that, but let's let all of that happen so that you can see that you're not those circumstances. Let's see that. Let me show you that you are not this, this relationship or you're not this amount of money in the bank. You're not this, uh, social media following, you know, but who and what you are is, is so much more than that. And yeah. I think that's why now you obviously have the joy, the peace, the, the gifts coming through you at the level you do. Um, and I think on the entrepreneurial journey, that's exactly what people are needing to face right there. If they're wanting to succeed at the level that their heart's pulling them towards, Right. They have to love the side of them that can fail. They have to love the side of them that can go broke, the side of them that can look silly, right? Is there anything right. you would talk to about that as well? Well, I can say that my work soared. Um, when I made that decision, everything soared. Um, uh, I was able to write in a way I had never been able to write before. Uh, you know, I had two books come out uh, within the last two years, and I have two more coming out next year. And I have another that we'll see what's going to happen with that. My, my creativity is just, is just boundless at this point. And, and it's so exciting because all I have to do is say to my guides, okay, come on in. And it all happens through me. And that's what I think has, has made my work become so successful. And I think anybody who wants to be successful in their work has to, has to do this kind of work in order to access who they really are in order to manifest in the world. We're here, I believe we're here to evolve in our ability to love and to fully manifest the gifts we've each been given in the world. We each have gifts we came here to offer, 
But if we don't know them, how can we offer them? And those gifts are in our soul. And if we're ignoring ourselves and we're treating ourselves badly and we're making others responsible for us, and we're trying to control everything, we can't even find those gifts. One of the things that I do with people is I have a course to help them find those gifts, but they have to be open to learning. They have to want responsibility for themselves. So for anybody who, who wants to manifest their work, this is really essential for them. Amazing. And before we get to how people can find out more about you and your courses, everything like that, I get, I, I find myself feeling very, very emotional hearing you talk about that, that people have this divine gift inside them. Cause I, I feel like the reason why the community that, um, that we've grown has had such engagement, such a loving presence is because society is generally not set up in a way that allows us to easily go on the path to give our divine gifts to the world. Right. And, um, and what has been really, really cool about the community is that we all share that challenge. We all share that obstacle that we're going to follow our heart. And then all of a sudden you run into these financial challenges, the emotional challenges, this, we don't have support and our family members don't get it. And, um, and so these divine gifts need to come out and we're being pulled to have them come out. Um, if someone's on that journey and they're like, you know what, I'm, I'm following my heart. I'm taking the leap. My heart's guiding me to start a business, to share this with the world. I know you tapped into it a little bit there, but what would be some, what would be some guidance that you can share on your path that can help someone not only overcome those hurdles, but also allow them to thrive on the other side? Well, here's the thing that we all have a, a, a blueprint. We came into life with a blueprint of what we came here to offer. Now that blueprint is in the soul. And so the more you open, the more you open to learning about who you are and about defining your own worth and about taking loving care of yourself, the more that soul emerges and lets you in on who you are and what you came here to offer. And so it's that wounded part of ourselves. It's that judgmental, harsh part that's keeping us so limited. And so I just really want to encourage people to learn and practice inner bonding. This is going to open up the world to you. I've been doing this for such a long time now. I've seen so many people become incredibly successful as a result of practicing inner bonding. Mm. Wow. And you're in your eighties now and you're thriving, you're loving it. You're moving forward with so many different goals. You've got different books coming out. You're still running courses, everything like that. And you, you, you're such an example of what's possible when you do allow that guidance to come through, when you do connect with your soul. Um, right. And, and when you, and when you really eat well um, and you stay open to learning, then you can keep your vitality, your vibrancy, your energy, your whole life. You don't have to get decrepit as you, as you grow older. Mm. It's all a story. It's all a story. I'm actually that 60 is. years old myself and I, I no, I'm not. <laughs> the, uh, I, I'm all about health. I realized that once you start being conscious about what you put in your body and how you move and how you function, you definitely do. You, you feel the difference and you feel more connected. And so I love that. You have a book on it, everything like that. I know how much you love educating people around health, but where can people find out more about you more about the work, your work. How do they get started on this process? 
So they can go to innerbonding.com. We have a free seven-day course that will get them started. And that's a really good way to get started. We have lots and lots of articles. We have a whole section called free help. Then we have many courses. We have 30-day courses in, in learning to love yourself and finding your passion and purpose and connecting with your spiritual guidance and in improving your relationships and attracting your beloved. We have a fabulous program called SelfQuest, which teaches inner bonding on a very, very deep level. We have um, many, many trained, well-trained facilitators. We have a fabulous facilitator training program. I work with people on Skype and Zoom all over the world, and so do my facilitators. So people want one-on-one help, um, they can get that. So there's so many ways. And then there's, um, I've got, uh, I think it's like 10 published books now with a couple more coming out next year. So uh, people can learn inner bonding from, especially my more recent ones, Diet for Divine Connection and the Inner Bonding Workbook. It'd be very, very helpful for people. Wow. And I know you put out a lot of, information and everything out into the world when you when you struggle to remember how many books you've published i think that's the that's the the benchmark of and that's like okay i've I've done a lot of this work and i've 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 put out i've put a lot out there but that's incredible if if someone is in a situation where they're like okay I'm going to, I'm going to get started. Do you, do you, cause you also have a free assessment on that, on the course on the yes, uh, website there's a free as assessment well. too, right. Um, do you recommend them take the free assessment first or do they start with the seven day free? Either course? one, either one, they can do both. Um, the free assessment they'll get immediately and it'll just give them some information. The, the seven day course they'll get over seven days and it will give them a good basis of inner bonding. Wow. Awesome. Once again, I just want to just truly from my heart, thank you for, everything you're doing, everything you're doing in the world. And it's a true example that if you follow your guidance, if you follow your heart, if you do this inner work and you develop a deeper relationship with yourself, then everything else flows. Everything can, everything in terms That's of right. your That's career, right. your relationship with, with money, your, your, your relationships, everything comes from that. And like you said, because you weren't willing to lose you, you're willing to lose everyone else, but you weren't willing to lose you. And so I want to thank you for that. Is there anything else that you want to finish up on that would make this conversation feel complete? Anything else you want to share? Well, I, you know, I just want people to know that it does take practice. You know, don't get discouraged because like, like I said, anything worth learning takes practice. So, so don't give up. And if you get stuck, there's so many ways of getting help. So um, don't, don't let yourself get stuck. We have a wonderful um, uh, community called Inner Bonding Village that people can join, they can get some free sessions from uh, facilitators and training. So there's so many ways of getting support uh, to be on this journey. So I hope you do. Awesome, if you wanna get on the journey, if you recognize, if you listen to this and know this is something that is deeply part of your journey and your path, then definitely go to innerbonding.com. There's all the resources there for you. Uh, but once again, Margaret, thank you so much for being here and uh, thanks for sharing your wisdom. Cool. Thank you so much, Tyson. This has been fun to be here with you. Thanks for listening to the Awaken Your Business podcast. If you're a heart-centered business owner, you know that selling, marketing, and business strategy can bring up a lot of fear, doubt, and scarcity. And this is why I created the community on Facebook called The Serving Circle. It's in here where you get to grow your business as a byproduct of asking the question, how may I serve? It's on our weekly Zoom collaborative calls where you get to serve by meeting like-minded people and organizing collaborations, service exchanges, and partnerships. So together we can heighten consciousness, 
through business success. So just search The Serving Circle in your Facebook groups and you'll see that you're just one heartfelt collaboration away from reaching your biggest business goal. Take care now.